Ham, fan member of The Slants, community activist, and recent Supreme Court case winner. We're here on behalf of New Michigan Media's Community Conversations. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. All right, so the first question I have is kind of about your early history. So I have read that you dropped out of college. Now, what was the consensus? How, was your, how did your support system react to you? When you dropped out? Well, I would say my family, while they weren't thrilled about it, I think they could see that I was really, really unhappy taking this conventional path of like going through the college system. Um, and so ultimately, my parents relented and they said, okay, you know, if, if this is what you feel like you really ought to do and this is what's going to make you happy, do it. But please promise us that you'll eventually go back to school. So while I did originally drop out, I did eventually go back and not only get my bachelor's, but also my master's degree as well. Perfect. So now with your band, there was a Supreme Court case with your band's name. So do you mind just for the readers or for the listeners that really didn't have a chance to listen to your talk, can you explain your Supreme Court case and summarize it really quick? So when we applied to register for our trademark, just something that's really common for bands to do. Um, the government rejected the application because they said the name of our band was offensive or disparaging to persons of Asian descent. Uh, never mind that they didn't actually have a single shred of evidence to prove this. Like the only support they had was an, a, an entry on UrbanDictionary.com, so like a wiki joke website. Um, but we fought him back on it and at first we tried to fight saying that no we're not offensive to ourselves and we gave a plenty of evidence of why from academics letters from our community dictionary experts and so on and we noticed that it didn't budge it didn't make a difference in the arguments they just kept resisting and so finally we decided to shift the conversation and say why like why is this band offensive um why what why can everyone else use slant because there have been over 800 other trademarks when we couldn't and that's when we found out that the government had been saying that our name uh, was inappropriate because we were too Asian to use it. And so when I heard that, I got quite fired up about it. And we continued to double down in arguing. And what eventually brought us before the Supreme Court is that we, we won. We won at the Federal Circuit um, because they declared the law as unconstitutional. They struck it down under the First Amendment and, uh, and that, that's what got us to the Supreme Court. And eventually the Supreme Court also agreed and unanimously struck down the law for good. So now with reclaiming words that are often controversial, derogatory, there's a lot of conversation on whether we should bury or whether we should reclaim. Now, why do you think it's better to reclaim a word that was used in a derogatory fashion rather than bury it? I think, I think we all, what's important is to take a step back and think about language, <coughs> excuse me, and, and, and the purpose of language. Language is a symbol to convey our thoughts, our intents and our emotions. So I don't think they are inherently good or bad. I think it depends on context. I think it depends on intention. Um, that's the reason why if someone called me an Oriental, I would be pretty offended by it. But my mom uses the term all the time. I'm not gonna be like, mom, you're being racist towards ourselves. And so that's because the context is different as to how she understands the word. And I think once we get that and, 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 and have an understanding and as that as a, as a truth, then we start realizing, well, if it's not just the word itself, because if you just ban a bad word, someone can easily replace it with a different word, 
What can we do to shift the conversation culturally? What, what can we do to raise social consciousness about why words are bad to begin with? Once we can do that, I think we can actually, you know, aim for something that is a little bit more just. And so that's why I believe in reappropriation, because it doesn't just end the conversation and pretend like those feelings of hatred or ignorance don't exist. It forces people to engage and, and to actually talk about the issues. Now, in 2012, I read that a representative from a record label actually came up to you and offered you $4 million for the slants. However, there was a catch. Do you mind explaining that whole situation? <laughs> so they, they made the deal contingent on us replacing our lead singer uh, with someone who was white because they told me Asian doesn't sell. And uh, of course, they, they tried to like guilt me into it. They said like, well, if you, if you sign this contract, your, your parents could retire right now. And um, I mean, ultimately, I just ripped up the contract and I said, that's, that's racist. That's, that's wrong. And I walked away. And now, um, so your foundation mixes art and activism. And I feel that in this current state of music, there's kind of a lack of activism mixed with the music. So what is the importance, do you, like, what is the importance of activism and art for you? I think that art and activism aren't that different. Like both are dependent on the, someone seeing the world as different and, and wanting to bring that difference into reality. So it might be a piece of art, but it also might be a piece of legislation. And so when we start seeing how art and activism are inherently tied together, we start realizing that art itself could be used as a tool to bring that activism to fruition. And for me, it's about like getting artists to find the things that they care deeply about and, and, and seeing the, the potential they have in impacting their community. Because I'm like, if you can use this to change other people's lives, why not? We have enough love songs, we have enough dance songs, we have enough songs about drinking or whatever it might be, but what if we can use um, you know, music, dance, theater, movies to raise awareness of issues that are deeply important to our communities, all while making good, genuine, sincere art, but art with a purpose is so much more powerful. It provides a legacy. And now how do you think with your, your journey of the Supreme Court case, how did that affect your want and your ability to start this scholarship foundation? Well, I mean, for the longest time, I wanted to do something anyways. I've always been passionate about nonprofits and, and trying to create change. And um, for most of our career, we, we actually spent it raising money for other people, you know, raising money. Uh, I think um, me and the different band members over the years have raised over a million dollars for different causes we cared about. But we also saw a need to directly impact artists themselves and a need that wasn't being fulfilled. So then I thought, well, now that I have capacity after this law suit is done, after I'm retiring from, from the band, from playing music, why not do something more specific to, to meet that need? And so that's when the idea for the Slants Foundation was born. So um, you guys are almost, or you're basically done with the fall tour, am I correct? Yeah, okay. in fact, done with touring yeah. completely. So yeah. uh, Monday was our last show uh, as, a, as a, like a full band. Yeah. So why did you guys decide to kind of disband now? Well, for me, I had been doing this band for 13 years. And it's like, it was my baby, but now it's a teenager and he needs to get out of the house. <laughs> I'm done with it for a minute. Um, but it's really because I also saw that it's the idea of the band. <clears throat> the idea of the band is more important than the band itself. 
like what it represents. So why do I want to selfishly hang on to this when I can let another generation of Asian American artists step up to the plate? Mm -hmm. If I could do that, then to me, that's far more important than, than just hanging on and performing in the band again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, with your story, what do you hope that Asian Americans can learn from this story? And you, I mean, even any marginalized community, what do you hope that these people can take away from your journey? I want people to realize the potential that they have, that they, they have a voice, that they matter, and the work that they create matters as well. When they start realizing the power that they have within and, and they combine that with a sense of compassion for other people, then I believe we can do great things. And I think compassion, much more than anger, can create change that is long-lasting and, and actually beneficial to our communities. So I share my story because I hope other people can awaken that voice and awaken that realization and, and that passion for other people. And now um, the last question that I have is, what do you think your legacy is now? What legacy <laughs> did you leave behind? Um, well, that makes it sound like I'm about to die. <laughs> like, uh, hopefully, you know, not anytime soon. Um, you know, really, I, I want, I, I don't want to just be remembered for a Supreme Court case. Like, like I get that it's important all that. But I think more important than that, uh, I want to be known for being someone who is passionate about those of the least options in our society that, that, that I can continue to, to fight for those communities and do bigger and bigger things that, that help change lives. So I, I hopefully the, the Supreme Court thing is just a chapter in, in that book. All right, thank you so much for coming to Detroit and sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for having me.